You're listening to Beyond Numbers, a podcast by Zero for accountants and bookkeepers. In this series, you'll hear from leaders within some of the accounting industry's pace-setting firms who will share news, views, and creative solutions so you can step away with some inspiration or new ideas to take back to your own business. The climate crisis affects us all, and so we all have a part to play to protect our planet. We're continually faced with challenges that affect how we can help to reverse the damage done. But there are now ways that businesses can easily build sustainability practices into their day-to-day. In this episode, we're talking about sustainability in business with James Lazars, who is founder of accountancy firm Thrive, and Elliot Code, CEO and co-founder of Ecology whose carbon footprinting tool Ecology Zero connects to Zero's accounting software to give businesses the ability to calculate their carbon footprint and gain insights into their emissions at no extra cost. This is a brilliant way for UK businesses to take climate action and start their net zero journey. While reversing the effects of climate change is a huge task, James and Elliot demonstrate in this episode that every little bit counts. And if we work as a collective, we can make a difference. I hope everyone across our community takes away some real inspiration from this episode with a ton of great advice for you, your teams and your clients on how to take positive steps forward for the good of our planet. Here it is. James, Elliot, thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for the invite. My pleasure. Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing from from you both on this really uh, important topic. But first, I think let's start with some introductions. So, James, let's start with you. Uh, You founded Thrive nearly 10 years ago. What spurred you to start your own accountancy business? Um, Yeah, dog walking in in short, actually. (laughs) So my early career, I came up through industry, uh, through a sort of management accounting track, through to finance director roles in the advertising industry in London and uh, got to a kind of a careers, career crossroads where I was like, okay, well, I don't want to work for an entrepreneur. I don't want to work for a big agency group. Do I actually want to work? I sort of had a period after making myself redundant from my last job where I was just walking the dog trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And it just occurred to me that actually starting a business is something that people do. And I'd been using Zero for a, a couple of years already on my wife's consulting business at that point and sort of being nosy about what was going on in Australia and New Zealand, accounting practices, the way cloud technologies were being used to kind of change the the way that small businesses were supported. And it kind of all just came together in a, a light bulb moment. And I became one of those that started up a practice based on zero um, to bring those those full benefits to the smallest businesses um, using both my experience and these new new tools for near real-time information. So, yeah, that's it in a nutshell, dog walking. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. So, James, your focus on supporting purpose-led B2B tech businesses, have you always had that vision at Thrive or is that something that you've worked towards over time? Yeah, it's something very much shifted into so you know, in the early days um, made probably some of the same mistakes that many have made of just taking on any client from any sector and then figuring out actually this one's a nightmare I don't want to work with this type of client and gradually shifted towards our niche which is early stage tech businesses and yeah I mean the, the purpose-led thing like I think it's more of a, a values match thing more than anything else so yeah, I've always been quite determined to qualify out to those prospects who I just don't like. <laughs> and actually what that means is the ones that I do like are, you know, trying to do something interesting. 
I don't really want to count the beans for a boring business. I want interesting businesses to you know, be what my career is about. And uh, yeah, purpose led, it means different things to different people. But for me, it's like, you know, you're trying to do something interesting, not necessarily solve a social or environmental problem, but doing something that's more than just making money. And I love the level of involvement that you talk of having with your clients as well. It's It seems to be more than just accounting services, isn't it? It's really supporting businesses to improve the way that they operate. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we are very much about the full finance function. And in, you know, in terms of what a traditional accounting firm will do, that's maybe about a third of our fee base. The rest of it is, you know, the financial operations, you know, strategic advice and guidance and what have you, as well as the sort of more niche tax stuff that early stage tech businesses need. So it's quite a dynamic environment being in that world. Things change from one year to the next. You know, it's a very different business before and after a funding round, for example. Um, so they kind of need this dynamic support. And actually, if we can be their whole pillar the whole finance pillar for as long as we can so that we can gradually cycle out as they start to recruit the right people uh, for the long haul then you know, it kind of works for them works for us and it's been a really nice way to get the business growing yeah awesome that's great and Elliot you're CEO and co-founder of Ecology which I've seen described as a subscription service for the planet um Tell us about your background first and how you found yourself starting a business focused on tackling climate change. That's a really good place to start. So my background is technology. I created applications. I worked in London in a media company for 10-ish years. But I was really missing something where even longer than being in the world of programming and creating apps, for example, I've been this keen environmentalist, but I think environmentalist is probably a bit of a higher bar than what I was actually doing, where what I think of as an armchair environmentalist, someone who is, you know, very aware as to what's happening in the direction of travel that the world, the planet and, and nature are headed. But I was just so frustrated by my own personal contribution, I've done lots of different recycling, got plastic free versions of all sorts of things in my house. And, and yet it doesn't take too much maths to realise that you've still got this big carbon footprint. And I was reaching a wall with my own personal contributions. I wanted to go further. And as James was saying about a light bulb moment, it was on the way into work. And I just bought myself a nice coffee. And I was just, oh, geez, how much money am I spending on these coffees every single day? And then I, in the same breath, I thought how little money I'm putting directly into restoring the planet and biodiversity and the climate the crisis as well. I just wondered, you know, how much climate action could I fund with one coffee's worth of money every week? And as a habitual nerd, I just quickly understood through some research, you know, basic research, really, that you could fund a lot. <laughs> you could change the world. We have subscription services for TV and, you know, music. If there's a subscription service for the planet where if it was as popular as, let's say, Netflix or the Spotify's of the world, that's like 200 million members. If you use their numbers and combine it with, let's say, five or six pound a month, then in theory it's planting a billion trees every single day or it's avoiding a third of the world's emissions. This is just such a big opportunity, too good to miss. My background in technology and my wife, who I met for her previous work, she's an amazing designer and brand illustrator. It was a too good of an opportunity not to pursue. Oh, that's amazing. And, you know, the world needs more people like you and obviously that's what you're setting out to achieve with ecology as well. So tell us about ecology. You have 
community of nearly 40,000 members now. What is the organisation actually all about and what does being part of the ecology community involve? So we are all about just allowing businesses, small businesses especially, just have that kind of first step on the ladder if they haven't made a step yet, or maybe steps number four or five or six. We want to be with them on the long haul where we can kind of almost kind of put a virtual arm around their shoulders and guide them on their climate journey. And, you know, the gold star would be net zero at the end, you know, in let's say two-ish decades or sooner, hopefully. But we're really about making that kind of the first kind of moments, those first like rungs on the ladder being so easy. You know, a good climate journey for a business is the first step is measuring your carbon emissions um, and the second step is reductions and so on and so on. But even that first step is a, is a high bar. And so we're looking to kind of create other opportunities. So just for example, we've got a little API or got an integration where let's say every business or client or product that you sell, you can plant a tree. And that's just such an easy inexpensive thing that anyone can get behind and then we've got them then they're in the ecosystem locked in because they don't want to kill off their virtual forest and you know we can kind of nudge them just further and further along that's awesome and for smaller businesses it can be quite difficult to know where to start when it comes to making a real difference to protect our planet um just before christmas we welcomed ecology zero to the zero app store Um, That's Ecology Zero with a Z, not an X. (laughs) This is your app that helps UK businesses track and reduce their impact on the environment. So tell us a bit about Ecology Zero and how businesses can use it. So with Ecology Zero, that's carbon footprinting for your business. But more broadly, it's the the net zero journey or the first, you know, kind of few key milestones and how it works and what the kind of incredible opportunity of working with technology partners such as uh, Zero you know, you have access to so much data, you know, there's almost like this rich paper trail of where a business's carbon emissions lie. When you combine that information, it's all neatly sorted already, combine that with technology like ourselves and some other big databases of carbon emissions, basically, then you can come up with something really, really solid carbon emission, uh, carbon footprint for your business. And that's super exciting because Up until this point, really, you have to get, you know, all the consultants in, you know, the carbon experts, extremely expensive, not many of them. Whereas technology, if it can do a lot of the heavy lifting, this is an amazing opportunity, really. And when I came back from COP27, I was on the train back and speaking to lots of people that I met there. And, you know, I I was already obviously keenly aware of what's going on in the climate, but I think I was even underestimating how how every week and month counts. And so it was at, at that point I made a decision just to say, well, can we make this free? You know, cost doesn't need to be a barrier. We don't think it really aligns very well with, with our values. And so can we just allow carbon footprinting and the net zero journey to be free for SMEs? And so that's what we are launching with, with you guys over the last few months. And... James, you've been working with Ecology for the past three years or so and have been on quite a journey so far working towards, you know, making a real positive impact on the planet and communities, haven't you? Yeah, we talk about nudging. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've been nudged well and truly along the, the journey and I, I love it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. What was the first nudge? Actually, the Wow Company. So, the Wow Company have been a pioneer in this kind of the zero partner community. I think when I was researching our firm, they were very much uh, leaders in the UK and they were really sort of blazing the trail for cloud practices. And I just noticed on my LinkedIn feed that one of my clients had set up this 
thing called an ecology forest. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Did a little bit of nosing around, saw what the wow company had. I was like, mm, I'm going to plant more trees than them. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so I started the subscription. And I think within a few months, I was like, okay, so it's not actually that expensive to just like have a little cops of trees or something i think i've put five thousand in for that year just to you know firmly take a step ahead of the wow company i respect them hugely as a firm it's just it's a little um little bit of satisfaction for me to to do that um but yeah then i just kind of got on this journey considering our impact as a business and you know the actions we could take to reduce it and just feeling it was all a bit trivial but also hard you know, we're a small business. I think at that time we were about three and a half people and, you know, fully digital, hardly creating any kind of impact as, at all in terms of emissions. There's, you know, software that we use, but can't really control uh, what happens with that. So just played with this question of what does it mean to do our bit? You know, is it reducing our impact or is it actually looking at it completely differently and thinking, well, it's not about net anything. It's about making a positive impact and how big is that positive impact how big could it be and just messing around with that question and you know considering the fact that here we are as this three and a half person business and how many other businesses around us are doing anything much at all or thinking in this way um, let alone you know people across the globe who perhaps haven't had the privilege that we have had and uh, just being born in this country and, you know, I guess the carbon debt that we carry, but equally just the infrastructure that we have in this country, we just have a higher footprint as individuals and think, well, surely we should be doing a bit more. Um, and then there's going to be other people around us who do nothing. So they need to be covered off as well. So it's like, OK, so what is a rational way of approaching this as a, a business owner? And that's where I was just like, OK, well, at that time, we, we I think we had already taken the 1% pledge, which was basically 1% of time product or profit to good causes and I looked at that and thought well one percent of revenue feels right for me and if by talking about it I can shift one percent of buying decisions or recruitment decisions or just make one percent commercial improvement as a result of this in our business then okay it feels like that's possible and at worst I've just planted some trees yeah <laughs> Um, and yeah, I just got carried on this journey and it's kind of snowballed somewhat. Um, it's an addiction now, is it? I think I just kept on pushing at it and thinking about, okay, so here I am as an accountant. So I've not only got my business, but I've got all these other client businesses. And actually, I'm part of these accounting communities where there's a load of collaboration going on between accounting practices. So the sphere of influence is immense. And the opportunity to just show and lead by example, but to show that there are other ways to approach business than those that we were perhaps taught in business studies yeah. a few years back. It's almost a bit of a hidden kind of secret weapon, potentially. I hope that the world of accountants are going to be able to be part of the solution here. And traditionally, it doesn't you know, really stack up. We're talking about going to some accounting, you know, uh, like an exhibition or with some talks on, and I was going to talk about net zero and sustainability. And there are 20 different categories, but not one of them was about, you know, net zero sustainability or the, or the climate at all. And so it's a very much unassuming kind of area. But accountants have this 
as I said a little earlier, you know, this kind of access intricately to many businesses, you know, how money flows in and out of the company, um, you know, where their suppliers are and, you know, have actually all the skills necessary when you combine them with a tool like Ecology Zero or whatever carbon accounting tool, you have the amazing opportunity at getting those first rungs on the ladder for each of your clients. And I hope there, there could be some sort of great feedback loop where other accountants feel kind of empowered or maybe a little heroic, you know, where there haven't, you know, traditionally been this role for them in this area. But really, if we could get the financial accountants just a little carbon literate, um, there's no actual skills that they necessarily need to be picking up apart from some basic literacy to be able to enable so many businesses on their journey. And so that's why I'm getting a little excited because there are very rarely great opportunities like this untapped. So that's why I'm keen to befriend an accountant, say hello to them and see if we can make it work for them. Nice. Well, I think this is probably a, a good start for that, Elliot. Um, and I'm sure yeah. Peter and Paul at The Well Company, James, will be very pleased to hear that you have <laughs> taken them on the challenge to plant more trees. And maybe this is an opportunity for for more of our accounting firms to start competing with you because, you know, as you say, the impact on, on the planet could be um, pretty epic if we can if we can make that happen. James, I want to hear about your experience being part of Ecology's community. How how has Ecology kind of supported you on your journey? Um, I mean, just listening to what Elliot described as the founding of it, so the the virtual forest itself is gold. This visualization of this virtual forest is just a wonderful tool. So, you know, if we want to use it to shift buying decisions, we have to talk about it on social media and, and show people this is, you know, part of how we do business. That's r- super important, the, the just, you know, design values of it. It helps make it a, a something that we can use in marketing. Um, so, mm. yeah. That's really important, isn't it? Where, you know, this is this is real money that businesses, are, especially small businesses, are spending here. And you know, if it is, uh, you know, dare I say, it, a marketing tool that helps cover some of that cost too, where you have this kind of long-standing kind of storytelling kind of foundation for you for you and your business, something to uphold and get excited about, and month to month, hopefully, talk about new and interesting projects that you're supporting or different types of climate solutions, not just trees. Yeah, and we um, we also make use of the the API. So uh, we have our zero connected to our ecology forest. So every time we send out an invoice to our clients, which is monthly, um, they see in the email reference to the fact we plant a tree every time they pay us, and a link to our ecology forest there. And yet every time our Go Cardless sweeps the payments through, Zapier does its magic and goes and plants trees in our forest so every month you see this little extra planting going on there with the narrative saying clients paid us uh, by direct debits so it's just those kind of little mini signals that would allow another business to say oh i see someone else is doing something in that area you know either it's like guilt based or whether my clients really care or not you know maybe it'd be motivated by that but that opportunity to extend that reach through signaling and however is just we know we, we take everything we can get in that department. Yeah. And I think to the, to the role of accountants in this, like, you know, we are trusted as the people that can make a financial analysis and a commercially sound decision off the back of it. And here I am as their accountant saying, oh, I'm choosing to do this within my business. It's kind of an inherent 
permission, I think, there that actually this is a sound commercial thing to be done. This isn't about me just, you know, taking all the money we've got and sinking it into trees and uh, that will be my legacy. I'm very much upfront about the fact that I expect this to grow our business more than if we weren't doing it. You obviously have the sustainability strategy in place for your own firm, James, but what about as an advisor to small businesses? Like, do you support your clients in this space as well, like help them get started with organisations like Ecology? Sort of. So I'm very clear on the fact that I am not a sustainability expert and nor do I ever expect to be. And I think that's a really important message for the profession as a whole. I'm not a marketing expert, I'm not an HR expert, I'm not an IT expert, but these are all subjects where I will have a peer-to-peer conversation with our clients. When we're looking at the numbers, we're looking at their business strategy for the year, you know, how are we going to achieve this thing we want to do? Um, by having a basic understanding of the, you know, the broadest uh, sustainability agenda and being able to talk about it with them, I can have you know, the broad conversation with them about their whole business because you know, whether it's part of their business today, it's going to be very much part of their business in years to come. So I think the best way to become that not a sustainability expert is to just run through it on my business, mm-hmm. um, experience it, um, and then I can talk from experience. And as you say, with the, you know, not a sustainability expert, but I think that's a perfectly fine disclaimer. It's good to do. That's your accounting background, you know, from the financial industry is really excellent. But I think we can all be advocates for sustainability. And, you know, you or any accountant that has multiple clients has this kind of opportunity to kind of wave the flag there. And, you know, with the kind of the finance background, you've got the opportunity also to kind of talk about your own personal experience or maybe some of the kind of latest research that says, you know, investing in climate or transforming your business slowly into something that is climate responsible is also meant to be good for the bottom line. In its broadest sense, like is a greener business a more profitable business? I don't know, lots of correlation, lots of evidence, lots of case studies, lots of examples, but the causal link isn't evidenced yet. But that's not to say it's not there. And, you know, I, I'm planting my flag in the ground saying, I'm going to be a case study with our business. I'm going to test this out, see how it goes. We've on this mission to plant a million trees by 2030 as part of the Million Tree Pledge. When I took the pledge, we were three and a half people. It would have taken something like 5% of revenue every year until 2030, which is not a sound commercial decision. Mm-hmm. But I did it anyway based on what growth would be needed in order to get there. As with anything, when you know, you're a business owner and you take a decision, you then get a bit entrepreneurial about it. And how, how do you creatively solve this problem of planting a million trees? And solutions started coming up. So, for example, our zero partner discount that we get every month on our software subscriptions, we use it to plant roughly 3,000 trees a month. Um, and to hit our target, we need 10,000 a month. So, you know, a way to go. But there are other mechanisms we've also um, started using. So it's, it's grubby income available to accountants through referrals and introductions. And, um, you know, particularly when you're um, setting up sort of a loan facility or talking to a finance company, you can get a kickback, you can get a referral commission. And it always feels a bit icky <laughs> but one of a better words like you know you as a member of ACCA I'm supposed to declare this kickback to our clients say hey we received this through the advice we gave you um, you're okay with that right you know you can choose to pass it on to them but you don't have to um, but is that 
basic advice to take this loan a bit tarnished? Was there someone else that they, would have been cheaper for them that didn't have the same level of kickback for us? You know? So I always shied away from it in the past. But here I am, I'm like, okay, so I've got these million trees to plant. So if I partner with the right people, um, then actually I can say yes to this referral income, but in tree form instead of money, instead of commission. Um, and that's been working beautifully. Um, so we partner with Swoop. So they do a sort of whole market uh, search for whatever need our client has, present the right solution to them, the client gets to decide which one they take, and later on we plant a load of trees as a result. So again, that sort of takes it out of our budget and start solving that problem of how to, to do this. I mean, some of it will just come out as a cost line in our P&L. And essentially, it's not wrong to think of it as you know, a different kind of marketing cost. We don't use AdWords. Um, we, we're planting trees. Um, to probably won't repel anyone, but it will attract some people, perhaps, and uh, perhaps it pays for itself. But yeah, like I say, at worst, we've planted trees. And <laughs> eventually, my kids will thank me for it. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think most conscious consumers are looking for organisations that, you know, align to their values. And when it comes to sustainability, they'll be looking for businesses that think about this. So I'm sure from a profitability perspective, um, you know, in marketing, it's it's really going to help you in future and, and no doubt other firms. I think Reuters published a report very recently that 83% on the consumer side uphold sustainability as a massive value for why they choose that brand over others. And so, you know, I think that's a great lead indicator. As you said, the kind of the, the final stats will come in a little down the road. But, you know, it's an amazing trend. And, you know, you, you would have thought it would ladder up nicely. We talked about this actually on the first episode of Beyond Numbers with Lauren Harvey from Full Stop and Jonathan Barron from Raiden. They are both B Corp certified. And James, I know you are as well. And we talked about the benefit that that has in terms of marketing and pr- promotional perspective, being able to say, and like demonstrate what you're doing for the environment and for the uh, community. What was your kind of thinking in terms of like why you joined B Corp, James? Yeah, I mean, for me, going back to my earlier career as a finance director in the ad industry, employee engagement was a key driver of commercial outcomes. You know, if you want the best creative output for your clients and that they pay you the most, you need the best creative talent and to have freed them up to do their best work. So, yeah, as a finance director, I was, you know, pushing on employee engagement hard rather than, you know, seeing it as a cost. <laughs> it's, it's one of those weird things about business. We talk about people being our biggest asset all day long, and yet we treat them as a cost that needs to be reduced. So that never really sat right with me, particularly in a big agency group. And this is an area where the causal link has been demonstrated, Uh, So the businesses that invest in their people have better commercial outcomes over the long term. Um, I think it's something like 4%, but over a 30-year period, that's huge. As I went through the journey with with my business, I learned about the UN Global Goals for Sustainable Development, which look at, you know, not just climate action, but everything from no hunger, no poverty, and everything, basically. I was thinking, okay, well... If employee engagement was the driver for this decade, last decade, then for the decade we are now in, surely these other items on the agenda are going to be drivers as well. I really wanted to be able to be talking about this agenda. And so climate action is the one that is most prominent, I think. 
um, and trees are the, perhaps the most tangible thing that we can all have an appreciation of. I love supporting offsetting projects. I don't really see them as offsetting projects. They're you know projects that are removing carbon today, whereas a tree, obviously, it takes a while. Um, so I'm an advocate of these environmental projects, but it's hard to have a conversation about how meaningful that is. Like our ecology forest, it also says that we've removed 300 tonnes of carbon. I don't know how much that is. I know there's a lovely visualisation at the bottom that says it's a couple of hundred long-haul flights or something. It's still, yeah. It doesn't re- really mean much to me. With trees, I get that. I understand that. I like trees. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the opportunity, isn't it, where you can explain it to someone else. Internally, we call them this kind of amazing gateway climate solution but that's not to kind of undermine the kind of the scale and opportunity we could if we only just got behind restoring our forests um the world would be in a whole wholly better place for many reasons and nature and everything and water for example i just came back um from visiting one of our largest tree planting sites in kenya of which you've funded a good many of those and it's just breathtaking quite honestly you know during the pandemic it's really hard to to go out and visit them and uh you got, you know, keep optimistic, hoping that they're all looking good. And for hours and hours, I just walked up and down, you know, this kind of huge tra- uh, planting site or two different uh, tree planting nurseries. In these nurseries, there's about a million little tiny seedlings or saplings in each and little tiny kind of like bunches of soil. Every single one of them was was healthy. They were all there. And the amount of love to keep those one million little tiny seedlings alive, you know, it's watering twice a day at some points and the kind of the community that's around it. And obviously the kind of, you know, we were in Kenya and there's really poor access to, well, all sorts of resources and, and drought being in, a, in a, a massive deal. You know, there was a lot of deforestation over the f- last few decades and these rivers and streams have dried up. But even just at the one tree planting site, which was a big one, you know, it takes about two hours to drive from end to end. You know, even just after 18 months of uh, planting, some of the little streams have started to kind of wet up again, you know, starting to trickle again. You know, the, the consequences, the positive impact is is immeasurable. So, yes, you're planting a load of trees, but you're also having the water running off the kind of the mountain range that, you know, kind of follows a lot of East Africa. The livelihoods that you're supporting, the number of kind of individual tree planting workers that would come up to me just independently and just shake my hand and said thanks for helping put food on my family's table at night you know this is such a massive deal let alone the carbon thing that i've been mostly thinking about when you know back in my bristol office and that's our kind of main reason for being obviously with the climate with the nature side on uh, as well but the the benefits are just unbelievable and so intangible but i'm a changed man after coming back from that site it was just something to behold trees get a bit of a bad rap in the press and there's a bit of negativity around the way trees are used and you know businesses will say hey we planted this many trees well done us and i i kind of get it if you do anything badly of course it's stupid yeah. <laughs> um and so I had been planting trees. I didn't really have much of a clue as to how well it was being done. And then I found ecology and went through the FAQs and went through those really important questions like, are you planting single species across a massive area and therefore wrecking biodiversity? No, actually we're not. We're doing all of these species in our main planting area. And actually the seeds we're using are gathered locally as well. You know, how many of them survive? Well, actually, a lot. And then if you do it well enough, they start 
germinating. So you actually end up with more trees than you even planted. Um, I think I, I read somewhere that you know the the most impactful thing that we can be doing is doing what we're best at. <laughs> so you know I, I'm not going to be going and planting trees at the weekend. I can have a much bigger impact if I am you know taking the kind of stance that I am as a business and saying, hey, look, we can be profitable and also doing something beyond profit. And if I can also demonstrate a, a positive feedback, then all the better. Um, so that's my way to make the bigger impact and let the experts do the planting. I'm glad you addressed that, James, because I think, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have read a lot about, you know, tree planting as well and might have that sort of scepticism over it. But it's really lovely to hear your feedback and and also, Elliot, your experience actually being in Kenya and that must have been really incredible to see and quite like satisfying to know that the business that you're you're running is making such a huge impact so yeah well done on that absolutely the the seeing it is just transformative the you know it was such an experience and the bringing you closer to the impact whether you know you're doing this on behalf of a client or you're doing this for yourself or I'm you know also getting from a as ecology as the business owner you know funding money into climate action there's nothing quite like seeing it and this is where the amazing role of storytelling can help where you know our beloved partner they send us maybe 10,000 photos of this particular tree planting site and it's all the same basically the same photo like tree going into the ground uh you know lady bending over and planting and putting into the soil um you know these are lovely shots but it's so hard to get that scale or so hard to tie them all together and you know map a bit of a journey and that's where the world of media and technology and you know amazing kind of you know presenters can you know tell that story lift the lid and you know within 30 seconds or maybe two minutes you know in that story you can encapsulate so much more than just a handful of you know images that get sent from the site over to you know to another and so yes it is frustrating with you know there's a kind of the mixed message on maybe tree planting as one example where one day you could read a headline saying how unbelievably important trees are and the next time it could be about you know some sort of horrific site that was you know poorly planted poorly managed and all the trees are dead you know and so everyone is confused and quite rightly when there's that kind of massive oscillating but just for the record you know when it's done well uh, when there's the love and the values go into it and you know the experts are involved there's no better climate solution that we have access to. I guess there are huge organizations and governments that are making a lot of decisions that really detrimentally affect the environment and so making a difference as an individual or a small business can you know often feel like an impossible task for a lot of people and then I guess especially when you know business owners are worrying about a lot at the moment they're worried about you know, economic uncertainty, changing government and regulations, and just the general stress of keeping a business running, right? So what are some of the ways that accounting firms and business owners actually can approach sustainability and action towards the climate? Like what, what other kinds of things can they be doing beyond planting trees? I think probably the first thing to appreciate is that Whatever messaging is in your head about making domestic decisions around reducing your footprint, it's just different for business. There's a lot of sacrifice language used around reducing your domestic footprint. Actually, there's a lot of opportunity within the business realm. So you know, there's a lot of investment decisions that just make sense to choose the greener option. So I think as accountants, good old cost-benefit analysis, that's right up there. 
but also the transition is happening and you know there's regulation already and increasingly that is affecting bigger businesses uh, the majority of the FTSE 250 have pledged net zero uh, so if you're a small business in a su- supply chain as we are uh, we're pledged net zero just through through who we serve because our emissions are their emissions and they need to reduce them um, so that's a fact you know regulation isn't coming in to hit smaller businesses but the fact that it is hitting bigger businesses means there is an indirect regulation that's just going to be happening um, so it's already on um, like tender documents like what's your sustainability policy at the moment it can be a one pager uh, which is fine then you need to back it up with some action um, so there's this whole aspect of it I mean <laughs> of access to finance as well as banks are pledging net zero and you know not lending to carbon intensive businesses so those kind of questions are feeding into lending decisions so it's happening anyway and I don't deny the fact that running a small business is hard I run one I know it's hard it's really tough and this is just another thing we've got to add on another hat we have to wear and that's where uh, tools like ecology zero have been the hope for me I think when I started on this journey I looked at what was available for measurement I was like oh no not doing that I'm not a massive fan of spreadsheets anyway but this thing was hideous and the reality is that we can always go back with these tools and measure 2021 if we want to Uh, we've got the data we can just feed it through so we can know what our journey has been since there so we might as well be taking the actions doing the reduction work and for smaller businesses there are actually some really easy wins i did one earlier in the year which was shifting our website from uh, non-green hosting to green hosting so hosting that's on renewable energy that was an easy win saved me money as well it's cheaper um super easy to do right um use crystal hosting fellow million tree pledger and they just did all the heavy lifting taking your default auto-enrolment pension and moving it to uh, one that doesn't invest in carbon like pension is probably the most leveraged action you can take um so there's a plethora the obvious one switching to renewable energy as a a business and you were saying earlier on the you know cost benefit talking cost benefit even just installing solar panels what was the return on investment Um, it's something like 18 months payback period on installing solar right now and that's before you consider the grants available so that'll probably halve it so within nine months it's paid for itself and then you're saving money onwards you know it takes a particular type of business but if you're nine to five on a business park and you've got a roof it's kind of a no-brainer. Absolutely. There's just so many ways in, ultimately. And making sure that there is this really nice spread that's accessible to someone. You know, one of those things that you just mentioned should apply to maybe, you know, each business that may listen to this. You know, and if, if that doesn't get there, then I would say is find the most kind of plucky climate advocate within the team that you have and make them a kind of a, a part-time sustainability champion within your company. You know, they don't have the expert. They're just scared scared you know and they also know that there's a kind of big opportunity to to help here and you know having them wearing a hat even just kind of part-time I say part-time you know just barely any time but just you know some sort of monthly indicator of what we're going to do this month and page one of google search will will serve you well you know for even just getting started and so hopefully you know any of these actions just like you know plant a tree or maybe you switch to a green energy um you know uh, supplier each of those makes you feel like you're edging closer to being empowered you know it's really hard to get started when you're working from nothing um but each one of those little steps 
like starts to align you in this place and all of a sudden you realize you are this and you're you know turning into james where you're this massive advocate for you know and being able to kind of touch on different companies and far and wide and you know each of us has this opportunity you know and guaranteed we're not going to look fondly back on the years where we that we didn't do enough you know we'll before the call talking about our kids and everything and you know we think about our massive motivators here it is it's as urgent as you could possibly imagine but we've got to make sure that there's not a high bar that the bar is exceptionally low because there's so much low hanging fruit and as james was saying you know you can pick stuff that just isn't going to cost you either yeah absolutely i mean for us the ecology subscription was what started the the ball rolling and it's you know i think we're spending about what 30 pounds a month was where we started on it really low barrier to entry and you start and then you can talk to your team and say hey we're doing this and each one of you are having trees planted every month just for being here and your footprint offset for this month what should we do next yes cost is the barrier but also the skills and the confidence layer is a massive barrier you know smes especially don't have the resource to have that in-house expertise but you know the person who is capable of doing the books is everything all the qualification you would need to getting a, a, a pretty great foundational understanding of where your carbon emissions lie so you know over two-thirds of businesses or smes you know through research says that the finance is a barrier about 45 percent said it was potentially the skills barrier you know we're removing those we're we're hoping now but i think it's not a case of like if you build it they will come you know we now have to be, work really hard at saying that this is, exists we have to redefine that actually sustainability or making progress on it it doesn't have to be hard or doesn't have to cost much that's the next challenge yeah and what's the goal for you at ecology elliot like what are you working towards and how can you know the accounting and small business community kind of contribute towards that our goal is where we started we look to the numbers and we look to the opportunity of let's put aside carbon footprints and making your own footprint reductions to one side for a moment and just say what if we just round up the world's pocket change you know whether a business or an individual and just throw it into some of the world's best climate solutions what would happen then and the theory says that a giant portion of our carbon emissions would be taken care of the economics would get wobbly at the end of the scale you know trying to plant a billion trees every day would come with its own kind of quirks i guess you know so we started off with a bit of a vision that we could avoid half of the world's emissions you know in decades to come other research supports that uh, such as uh, like as a non-profit called uh, project drawdown they show us that you know these solutions are out there we don't have to rely on breakthroughs in technology like carbon removal which are really really yet to demonstrate that they're even possible to kind of take a slice of of the world's carbon uh, emissions in the atmosphere but we set that as a north star very recently though we're dialing in maybe just a little bit and you know just saying we're here for smes we want to bring a good portion of the world's smes on the climate journey have the emissions uh, measured set some targets have them science-based targets we'll do that heavy lifting on our side and then get them on on that journey so that's where we're headed but as of today we've funded 57 million trees was it's about 200,000 trees every week at the moment which is just absolutely bonkers and we've supported over maybe 15 other different types of climate solutions and so this is our real heartland but as I say you know now we have this kind of no excuses opportunity to bring businesses on measuring their emissions too and so that would be the exciting part but it's hard seeing your carbon footprint is one thing but making reductions in those comes with its own challenges and, and measuring it so that's what we're working on at the moment yeah amazing and so you can track and you know set goals and 
and things within ecology. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. So it can just be a mere curiosity. I just wonder what my carbon footprint would be like. And, you know, with zero XERO, um, we just have an integration with you, you guys and you can just do it over a lunchtime. And hopefully then that might kind of get you the bug and go like maybe just a little bit more. When you see your carbon footprint, there'll be two moments. They'll be like, great, I'm glad we've we've done that. There's something to celebrate publicly and internally. Then comes the hard part. But this is a multi-year voyage on getting that carbon footprint down to close to zero. There are lots of things that you can do, just like James mentioned. But for example, when you have a supplier of which all your carbon emissions are locked up in your suppliers for most SMEs, Let's say you you spend a lot of money on AdWords. So Google AdWords, they have their own carbon emissions associated with when you spend £10,000 on them as a supplier. There are emissions that are are calculated and estimated through that. But if you switch to a, a green version, if at all possible, then you know, potentially you'd be paying essentially more in, in some instances for a, for a greener alternative. But there's a little bit of a barrier here for technology, not just ours, but the whole industry, where you can't accurately show that you've switched to a green supplier and therefore your carbon emissions have come down. And so that's the challenge. But we've been focused on that for a little while with Ecology Zero. So it's not out yet. I know our product team would, would kill me if I said it was coming very soon. But we want to be able to do that, where you you know, you know switch to Crystal hosting this amazing green hosting company from another so the moment you take that switch then to be able to show that reduction on a carbon footprint that's going to be the kind of the gold dust or i guess kind of green lined uh dust that you'll be able to see and that's when you can get really excited and what's interesting about that is a new ecosystem can start where for example imagine if you were the greenest accounting firm that there is in the world and let's say all the other businesses are looking at their own spend on accounting and they're not with you guys, they can tap on their accounting spend and say, well, if I switch to Thrive Accounting or Acme Limited Accounting, um, then my own carbon footprints can be reduced. All of a sudden, Thrive are thinking, or your accounting company will be thinking, if I make my carbon emissions go rock bottom, I'm going to be at the top of this leaderboard again, you know, so to speak, of all the businesses using this tool to say, switch to Thrive because they're going to save you 8% of your carbon emissions this year. And that's where I hope a really lovely virtuous cycle will kind of kick in where good breeds good and it's a real race to the bottom. And again, these leaderboards, you know, get that kind of competitive angle in there um, should be quite the motivator. Absolutely. I think James has clearly demonstrated how much of a competition this is now. So um, (laughs) yeah, to all our listeners, head to um, ecology.com with an I, not a Y, but I'm sure you'll find your way there. Um, And to find Ecology Zero, head to uh, the Zero App Store, which is apps.zero.com and just type in ecology with an I or a Y. I just checked it works either way. So that's great. (laughs) Cool. Before we close, do either of you have any... um, final parting words of wisdom for our lovely listeners on this subject? I think for for me, it's that so much of the business community um, can be described as SMEs. I think globally, it's like 90% of businesses are um, SMEs and they account for about half of employment. So this is an incredibly important community. And also the uh, half of the business caused emissions that are caused by SMEs too. Right. So wholly responsible for making a move here. Yeah. It's, it's largely not going to be touched by regulation directly. And so this is a really important community to take on the transition 
and quickly. To avoid the worst impacts of climate change, we have to halve emissions by 2030. Here we are, start of 23, and they're still going up. So, you know, if it's the case that the transition is going to happen, which I believe it is, then let's make it happen sooner. And let's make sure our clients and our businesses are taking the opportunity that exists within the journey to net zero to take the market share through being the greener option or the, the option that's trying and get those buying decisions, get those recruitment decisions coming your way. Just take the opportunities while they exist before it happens to you anyway. It's about finding any signal that you can just to flag it, even if you didn't pay for it yourself, you know, within a business has an opportunity to just hold the flag for something within the climate world. And, you know, those those signals will ladder up, whether it is the climate solutions themselves or as kind of reframing the narrative, I guess, you know, setting a new norm that this is normal, the stuff we've been talking about is normal, whereas if you're not doing, then that needs to be abnormal. And there's what's interesting about there you know over you know through modern history there have been these social revolutions that have happened way earlier than predicted and so it doesn't take many to actually affect or set a new normal for how we do business and so those signals get them going even if they feel minuscule they will contribute and then they'll get to a threshold where we've turned a new leaf and we're making the action you know and make you know making the progress in the areas that we want to have but it doesn't look like it's going to be obvious yet but bear down on it keep it happening and uh, fly that flag brilliant advice thank you both so much this has been a really insightful uh, episode so thank you um, there's a lot of you know golden nuggets of wisdom here that hopefully our listeners will take away and start making some change for good so yeah obviously uh, we'll share your details and make sure people can go and learn from you beyond this podcast as well so great stuff um, really happy to have you on today thank you thank you for, for having us yeah thanks for having us and creating a subject about climate matters so it's been brilliant You've been listening to Beyond Numbers, brought to you by Zero, produced by Birdline Media. If you heard something that caught your attention, share the episode with your colleagues so they can listen too. Thanks for listening. 